May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father and from his Son, his only Son, his Son revealed as Savior for all the nations. I'm going to begin by asking you two questions. First, which is more difficult to deliver bad news or to receive bad news? And second, which is more enjoyable to deliver good news or to receive good news? But I'm not going to answer those questions. Not now, not yet, because I want you to keep considering them for the next 12 minutes or so. May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts this day to ponder God's word from the third chapter of Jonah and the first chapter of Mark so that we discover and delight in the good news, the good news revealed by two preachers and two sermons and one response. People God dearly loves. Jonah didn't want to go where he was told to go. Some of you know that story. Some of you maybe not. When God first commanded his prophet to go and preach in Nineveh, Jonah went to Joppa and bought a ticket for Tarshish. That's completely the opposite direction. He sailed away from his call to speak God's word. Then there was a big storm on the Mediterranean. Jonah finally said, it's my fault. Throw me overboard. The sailors did. But Jonah didn't drown, for God sent a great fish to swallow his man. Gulp! It was smelly in the belly. Yet Jonah prayed from inside that dark cave. God heard. God answered. God caused the great fish to belch out Jonah on the beach. Then, after cleaning off the seaweed and the vomit, he heard the word of Yahweh again and began trudging to Nineveh. But Jonah still wasn't happy with his assignment. These people, he said, these people are evil. These people are pagans. These people don't deserve to be saved. They deserve to be thrown out with the garbage because that's what they are. When Jonah arrives, he walks one day and then preaches a citywide ultimatum. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It's a strong and simple sermon. It's over, people. Prepare to meet your maker. You are so wicked that God will and must punish you. I'd like you to take this look at that picture that's on the front of your worship folder. I've been studying this since Tuesday, and I'm still trying to figure out the expressions which the artist put on the people's faces. Is Jonah almost smiling? As he delivers the bad news? And are most of the people, are they even paying attention as they hear this news of judgment? Yet there seem to be a couple of men right there in the center who seem to be listening seriously to this serious sermon. All right, the picture's not that important. But what we read in Jonah 3 is, verse 5 states... And the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed that God was speaking through Jonah. They believed that God was judging them with his law. And they believed that God was giving them a chance to live. So they called for a fast. And this response, and I'm going to keep on reading from verses 6 through 9. 
This response, this fasting, reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published throughout Nineveh, by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything, let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. The Ninevites repented. They turned away from their evil ways. And God turned. God relented. God stilled his anger. God had mercy. He did not give the Ninevites what they deserved. Now I know there's more, more chapters, more to Jonah's story. But that's all that we have in today's Old Testament reading. The second preacher. The, sec- the second preacher is Jesus. I'm pretty sure you might have guessed that. Jesus isn't reluctant, he's ready. Jesus doesn't evade, he's calling, he embraces it. And he doesn't have to walk all the way to Nineveh. Jesus was raised in the province of Galilee. Here he proclaims the gospel, the good news of God. The time is fulfilled, Jesus declares to the crowds. The kingdom of God, the reign of God is at hand. Repent. Turn from your sins. Believe in the gospel. Now, there's no picture of this event, not on the front of a worship folder, not in some story Bible either. We don't have either, at this point in Mark's gospel, the recorded response of any or those in the crowd who listened to this sermon. But we do have part two of Jesus' sermon, and it's even shorter than part one. As he walks along the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus sees two brothers fishing, casting nets out into the water. Follow me, our Lord says to Simon Peter and to Andrew, and I will make you into fishers of men. A little farther down the beach, Jesus sees two other brothers, the sons of Zebedee. They're doing necessary maintenance, mending their nets while sitting in their boat. Once more, Jesus calls out to James and to John, follow me. And two more respond by leaving their father, their servants, their boat, and their occupation. Maybe you're trying to connect the dots. Let's do that together. This is the link between Jonah and Jesus and what happens here every and any Sunday morning. The message of the preachers at Crown of Life is the same one delivered by preacher Jonah to the Ninevites and by preacher Jesus to the Galileans. Repent and rejoice in your redemption. The Ninevites repented and showed their broken hearts by abstaining from food and water, by dusting themselves with ashes ashes and by wearing scratchy sackcloth. Why? Because God's word did its work. And the word of God always does what it is sent out to do. Galileans also repented. 
No, Scripture doesn't tell us that this was some mini-revival and a sudden and stunning turnaround. But it is a daring and dramatic story that Simon and Andrew and James and John walk away immediately from their families and their livelihoods to follow Jesus. Now it's time to ponder this. How does Jonah preaching to the Ninevites and how does Jesus preaching to the Galileans convey truth for us? How do these events speak to us and our spiritual condition? I'm going to go back to the questions I asked you earlier, standing there. Is it more difficult to deliver or to receive bad news? And is it more enjoyable to deliver or to receive good news? It's always difficult to deliver or to receive bad news. A diagnosis of cancer, a death of a loved one, a broken marriage, a car accident, a lost promotion. When we hear it, it stuns us, it grieves us, it may at times even anger us. It was difficult for Jonah to preach his sermon. It was difficult for the people of Nineveh to hear it. And it was difficult for Jesus to deliver bad news. It never gave Christ joy to speak the harsh but necessary words of gospel. He was one who had compassion for the sheep without a shepherd. But our Lord calls us now, today, to a spiritual fast, turning away from our sinful thoughts and desires and words and deeds. No pastor who cares for the souls of God's redeemed people delights in delivering the bad news of sin and guilt and judgment and death. But the truth must be spoken so that your pastors and I today can have the joyful task of speaking the good news, the good news that sin that sins, your sins are forgiven by Jesus' death at Golgotha, that guilt is erased, is erased by Christ's declaration, it is finished, the price is paid in full, that judgment is canceled, and we are set free, free even from death, the final enemy. We are in the epiphany season. The light of a star led the Magi to the king of the nations. And the bright star, who is Jesus Christ, shines through his word and through his sacraments to bring us into the light of salvation. Listen, listen, God is calling through the word in fighting, offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.